This is Jack Sawinski, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to a quick edition of Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and to my left... Hello, this is Roy. <laughs> Hi, Roy. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I we As we said last time, we uh, just had FanFest yesterday, and now we're basking in the glow of the aftermath of it. Uh, baseball season's almost here. I, I've kind of, you know, I, I really feel it hasn't kind of gone away, you know, with us doing our episodes, uh, us talking to guys, um, just all the, 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 the banter on Twitter, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like... Um, that baseball season, although it's gone and I can feel it in my home, I can't feel it in my heart quite yet because it's well, just... But for the common fan, it's it's over when the World Series is over. And so this with the Fan Fest, this is an opportunity to... Um, to bring the people back into the park, yeah. to have some players around, to announce a couple of things, uh, to really drum up a whole bunch of interest for the Padres again. Yeah. Uh, and they had a really good showing. There were so many people down at the ballpark. The park looked great. Um, I saw so many people around the Padres organization. I was only there briefly cause I had to take off. Um, you know, we had my stepdaughter had a water polo tournament, so we had to leave yeah. and I know you had to go to work. So we, to work. we weren't able to soak in the whole experience, but with the autographs and the Q and a sessions and all this stuff that they had, the Padres did a pretty good job of, of, uh, kind of an open house for the community to come and drum up some interest, uh, as we're preparing for spring training. Yeah. And during, so it was my first fan fest. And I think I said this last episode, uh, it was my first fan fest. I've never gone before. We did go early. We went right kind of just boom, go through the little uh, garage sale, which was cool. I didn't, I didn't buy anything, which was fine. I I kind of, I'm, very selective with what I purchased when it comes to uniforms. Although when I saw a Bosley Jersey, I was like, God dang it. Cause Liddy was like, you want to buy something? I'm like, I don't really see. I don't really need a Thayer jersey. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of jerseys for players that aren't part of the team anymore yeah. or um, you know, minor coaches that don't get so much attention. Right. Uh, Angela and I, our season tickets are right by the bullpen. So we consider ourselves the bullpen crew. There's a, a hashtag that some of our friends are starting up. So yeah, uh, there's, bullpen, babe. there's like a, a half dozen of us down there that we're trying to make it a thing. Um, but... Doug Bockler and Darren Balsley have both been a part of the Padres organization for a long time. I don't see either of them going anywhere. Uh, And so we bought one of each of their jerseys so that we can wear them on opening day and uh, show Show them some love. Right, show love to the bullpen guys. Yeah. Because Balsley's out there before game. He's out there and he's standing stoic just... What's what I love about Balsley? He just, you know, he just emits, like, information. Like, I don't know if it's just because... And what I've heard and what I've read is when he coaches it's not how much he says it's what he says yes trust your stuff yeah he's really good at at giving out very small doses of very potent information um and they talk about how good he is at making people trust themselves having confidence in themselves so if a pitcher's (laughs) out there and he's having a little bit of struggles he'll go out there and maybe it'll only be a few words but it's something just to set their mind straight that's that's awesome but he's got to be a great poker player because yeah. I, I never see – he doesn't wear emotion. When he's in game mode, he's got this very stoic look to his face, and it's this stone wall. Um, and so throughout the season, he doesn't interact with fans very much. He might no. give a head nod here and there. Um, 
Yeah, Angela's gotten him to open up a couple of times, but it really took a lot. Where Doug Bockler, he's down there hanging out. He's got all kinds of downtime. Um, so so he comes over and he chats chats with us every once in a while. Okay, so like back 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 in 2015 when I when I introduced when I when I proposed to Liddy, like he was at we were at the at the uh, partners dinner. You know, with all the Padres and all the coaches, and he kept, I kept looking at him, and he kept looking at me, and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Who the hell is that guy? And later on, I'm like, oh, it's Doug Bockler. Um, he reminds me of the guy from East Down and Bound. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see that a little. Literally bit. loves that guy. He's what, on Kenny the, Powers. The show. Yeah, is that his name? Oh, that's the name on the show, right? Yeah. Um, he also does Vice Principals, and uh, he's done some other other movies, but that's just that kind of fun loving, kind of jovial kind of personality um so yeah we got some good swag there uh they've got all these tables that i got a pair of baseball pants for five bucks i mean you can't even go to goodwill and get a pair of baseball pants no. for five bucks and they just have the mlb logo on the back lord knows who wore them i'm gonna wash them <laughs> but but i'm gonna use them yeah yeah you know, i play softball i i've been i've been asked by some people to come out and play adult baseball they don't know how horrible a ball player i am but Sunday i'd be happy chat. to try well, and that's fine because, sorry about Sunday League chat, but believe me, you'd play just fine. In, in, in the division you want to play, you want to play in the old guys division with us, it's fine. Well, now that I have a pair of pants, you're I halfway can look there. a little bit more legit, right? Right. right. And there's plenty of guys on that uh, play. Yeah, there's plenty of guys who are just like, okay, you probably shouldn't play, but dude, you're athletic <laughs> enough, you're thin. You know, everyone in the 45s, they got bellies and they got like other kids are, uh, you know, where it's just. It's almost gross how to watch them play baseball. But they've got all kinds of like old hats, um, yeah. you know, hats that they don't have in the store, the team store anymore. They've got patches, um, the banners books and magazines. Yeah, yeah, all the banners, all the stuff that they hung up around the stadium last year that's getting replaced. You can go down to the garage sale and buy that stuff. So yeah. we got one banner that's like the size of of a door in your house. Uh, but I mean, I've seen some much bigger things that people have have taken home. I don't know what they do with them, but still, it's cool to be able to bring something home that was up in display at the ballpark yeah i uh i saw a dinosaur lament banner for that they hang on like the street lamps i almost grabbed that uh, there's a whole table full of autographed baseballs um this little kid scored a large thick poster size like you know like a thick poster um of jerry coleman but oh. he was in the yankee uniform oh and wow it was like you know jerry coleman um I, I saw that and I was like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rob that kid. <laughs> so then we would go through, and most people went to the right out of there. We went to the left. We went through the visitors' clubhouse, where they had a little bit of the, um, the little shrine stuff. They had like you know, oh. all star stuff. They had Tony Gwynn stuff, and I saw that. I saw the woman with the thing, and I was like, hey, I saw that. That was great. You're, and the sun came out, and is like, I almost stole it from your boy. <laughs> Oh, the Jerry Coleman yeah. thing. No, we, we turned right. And I saw some people heading over that way, but I didn't know that there was anything over there. We took a ballpark tour um, a, a, a month or two ago, and we saw the visitor's ballpark, and I think they had the same vintage kind of stuff set yeah. up in there. But that's that's really cool that you yeah. can go through there. And and we didn't go down on the field, but you could probably go through the the – visitors um clubhouse and up through the dugout onto the field and that's what we did well we had we had an agenda that we had to go up to the social summit yeah. um and like i said we had the water polo tournament so we weren't able to stick around for long afterwards uh but we wound up sitting in on both social summit sessions so they hosted two separate social summits um by the way we're gonna have to put the hashtag on this one when we twitter when we tweeted out uh the episode out um 
but they had two sessions. The first one was prospects. Yeah. And so first, uh, you know, Wayne, Wayne Partello came out and talked to us and took some questions from people and people were asking about pricing structure and ballpark improvements and food and, and the kind of stuff that a marketing person would, would talk about. Right. Um, and Wayne does pretty well in that kind of a setting. I, I, I feel like he does a pretty good job of answering a question with, without necessarily having to actually answer the question sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but that's a marketing sales, you know, kind of a thing. He he can only give you so much information about uniforms and logos and what they're going to do later in the season. They need to hold a lot of that stuff close to the chest, right? And you know, and Geekster hit right. First question came from Geekster, and I I know I talked about this last episode uh-huh. was talking about pricing. Yeah, but it, and it's his job to do that. Same thing when you like you hear a, a, a major league player, you know, after the end of the game. So what were we thinking in that pitch? Oh, just trying to get a pitch to hit. You know, you get this canned. Mm-hmm. It's that's I'm okay with it. I'm, well, he's uh, used to defending that question too, right? About how can a family of four take a take go to the ballpark and for a hundred bucks? And he's like, yeah, well, we did it. We found valet parking at this hotel for fifteen bucks, and we sat here, and it was. It's you're not going to get important answers from him right. in that setting. He's right. just there to kind of warm people up and, and he's the opener. And, yeah. He kind of is the opener. Yeah. So Nikki Patriarca was the host as she always is for these social summits. Um, and then Sam Gini was the first guest. Yeah. So you were clever enough to take your phone and put it right next to the speaker. And I think you asked somebody's permission, but I, I did. I moved the table next yeah. to this, you know, so you were respectful. So we're going to present to you the Sam Gini section here. Um, and then after that, they brought out uh, Logan Allen, Ty France, Reggie Lawson, and Nick Margavichis to to do a Q and A session with us as well. Which was I, Nick. I'm like, what? I was surprised to see that's him. Hey, I was kind of bummed. Like, well, dude, why don't you text us and like say, hey, we're on, I'm here. Yeah, we just talked to him a few weeks ago. Ah, I ligger. He, he he should. Be, I, I wonder if he even knew that he was going to be coming out to well, San Diego. And I kid because. I, I'm sure, if, and with those guys, it's just as like wide-eyed. Like, what am I doing now? Where am I going now? Like, oh, I'm going over here. Oh, I'm going there. So I'm mean, they're just it's a new experience for them too. I'm sure, yeah. Along with us, going like, oh yeah, they have their own lives to live. They don't have to worry mm-hmm. about some silly podcast so that they want. Ty, Ty France was just added to the forty-man roster. Yeah. So that's a significant person that people would at least know his name. Yeah. Logan Allen is one of the Padres' top prospects. He's top 10 pretty much in every every organizational list that you'll find out there uh reggie lawson has made a name for himself a bit um he's not like listed on any top 100 lists but he had a very good performance in the prospect game here last fall where nick he he had a breakthrough season last year in fort wayne he came up to Lake Elsinore in the second half of the season Mm -hmm. and had a really good year yeah but he's not somebody that draws a lot of press, I right. guess you could say. Right. So it was surprising to see him there in that group that it made me wonder how many people in the room, because a lot of the people that were in the room are just casual fans who replied to the invitation. Right. So how many of them would know those four names? Yeah. Well, and you're, you're right with Nick, you know, he's, it's not sexy. He doesn't have a 98 mile an hour fastball. He's not uh, an, any of the top hundred prospect list. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to the guys that know, like the guys from prospect live, or um, you know some of us prospects fifteen hundred fifteen right. Um, I I met her. I can't remember her name to save my life because I'm just a bad <laughs> person. Uh, we met her at the, at the press area 
during our one trip up to Lake Elsinore with the press credentials. Oh, cool. And she tweeted us and, hey, you're going to go to the thing. And I can't, we're going to the 10 o'clock showing. Um, she was cool to see. But, but to go back to Nick, like he's not he's not sexy because he doesn't have the 98 mile hour fastball, mm-hmm. but he commands two, three pitches. Um, first year, made it to double A in the first year, pitching that huge game. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You so know, everybody was asking Ty questions and Logan questions and Reggie wasn't really getting any questions and Nick really wasn't getting any. I kind of felt bad and and Liddy did too. Right. <laughs> so Liddy had to find a question to ask to Reggie. <clears throat> and um, we just loved and Nick was Nick was cool enough to, after that and to give the bro hug and hang yeah, out. I was glad I was able to at least go ask go over and shake his hand and thank him for you know coming on our show a couple of weeks ago. So I think I think Reggie Lawson next year gets in the top 50 pro I think he's a top 30 prospect next year. I mm-hmm. think with that slider, I think with his, uh, with his development this last season, this next year, he's the guy to watch. He's the guy. And Sam Guinea kind of talks about it a little bit. Like not only just seeing what, you know, guys that pop up like Luis Patino, he's like, he, we, he was throwing 86. He went and worked out with us and then came back and he threw 10 miles faster. Now. Mm-hmm. And now even this year he hit the top nineties. Um, and made a name for himself. He was gonna be he was gonna be organizational filler, you know, until he just blew up. I think with Lawson, you know, although drafted and touted early, is gonna be this next year's gonna be huge for him. I, I just I feel that way. I'm a Lawson guy mm-hmm. now. Um, I see that's gonna happen. He's a physical specimen, and he's good looking. Like Liddy's like, God, he's good looking. I'm like, nice, nice. <laughs> So, well, maybe they got to put these guys' faces on these giant banners that they hang all around the ballpark that we wind up buying at the garage sale the next year. Exactly. Uh, I, I appreciated your question when you asked Sam about, um, about uh, driveline and some of the other systems and some of the other, like, do you allow the players to go work with these independent yeah. companies? Um, and then the technology that he actually said that they've taken a lot of those technologies and, and, and acquired them and are using them internally. Yeah. And I find that interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer. So I tend to think that way. I, I, I like physics and, and math and super slow motion and seeing these diagrams and, and modeling. So when you're talking about um, like the mechanics of a pitcher and trying to figure out how they could be, how they can reduce the stress on their ligaments Efficiency, or, I or think. what they can do to um, improve their tunneling so that they're releasing all their pitches so they look exactly the same, looking at spin axis to optimize a pitch because yeah. having a high spin rate slider doesn't mean it's going to break a lot. It right. has to have that, the spin has to be oriented the right way. And so they've, they've pulled a lot of these technologies in. I'm curious to know more about that, but I feel like it's a it's a black box of a secret room that they really don't want the other teams to know what right. they're working with so much. Right, and he did gloss over that, and it you know if we were in a different setting, it would have warranted further investigation. Mm-hmm. But very very interesting to see if if and it seemed like when he answered that question that it was more of a we're just getting to this stuff. We're just, it's just coming on board. We're just getting it into, into our organization. I think he even said that like, we're just getting it into our organization. Might use a different word there, but it's going to be interesting the next few years, how, how that kind of stuff does integrate itself into, into organizations and how mm-hmm. they use it to further their, not only in the minor league system, but the major league system as well. So a year ago, they hired Dave Cameron from Fangraphs. Yeah. So I wonder if that had anything to do with, because he was brought mm. in to be something along the lines of R&D. And I've seen that they've actually had a job posted recently about an R&D analyst. So they're, they're growing their, 
their their crop of of work on that side. The analytics, the performance, yeah, the science of baseball. Yeah, like, remember the show on ESPN used to be the science of baseball. Yeah, well, sports science. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we've got we've got a couple of audio files here that we're gonna play for you guys. Um, hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun going to Fan Fest. It was cool. I I'm I'm grateful for the people that we got to meet. Oh, so that was the minor league part, and then after that they had a major league session. Yeah. And so that was uh, Austin Hedges, um, Kirby Yates, uh, Brett Kennedy, and Robert Stock, and then a special guest at the end. I didn't I, see. I had to leave, but it was the. Oh, you didn't stick around for that second no, session. No, but I saw on Twitter it was San Diego Chicken. The San Diego Chicken came out. Oh my God! You should have seen my wife. Angela was crying. She was over the moon to see the chicken again. Yeah. She Shout was, out to Thunder. She's cheating on you. Uh, no, 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 that no. That cheating heart. No, I. I <laughs> He's the OG though. He's the original guy. He is, and I. I think that it was Ted Giannoulis in that costume. Um, which is incredible because he's like 65 years old and he's done this for a long, long time. But he came out, he had the energy and he got everybody. So this is all part of the 50th anniversary that they're trying to celebrate the fans and the, the Padre culture throughout the years. So I, I like that. What did you think about the unveiling? Um, the color schemes, the uniforms. So they're not changing the uniforms this year. And so they took that that badge, that uh, that logo, and they adapted it to the different uniforms that they're going to wear. Right. So there's a brown and gold version. There's one that matches the uh, the navy uniform color that they wear on Sundays, yeah. the camo. The... Um, and then they've got the home and away navy blue and gray. It's the, they're not changing the colors this year, and so that's right. The logo itself, so the logo got leaked on Instagram or Twitter or whatever because it was on that package for the little Lego guy. Yeah. <laughs> the logo's fine. It's it, it's a logo. Yeah. I guess you can compare it against what other teams have done. I saw somebody's pointing out what the Dodgers did with theirs and what Oakland did and the significance of this and that. Well, this has five palm trees to represent the blood. And it's this is simple you got the swinging fryer on it you got the the years you've got the little truss across the top to represent the the steel structures in the stadium um it's it's fine yeah I, i'm okay with they it they did a good job with it they did it simple they made it something that could be small it can be large it's going to look good yeah I, I liked it it was it was it was good it's not i mean it's not going to be anything earth shattering the fryer's I, back that's cool i did like that they the thing they did with the mosaic where they took photos that were submitted from fans okay. and they made this mosaic to to present that to kind of incorporate the fans into the logo. Yeah. But that's not going to happen when they start putting that on a patch. Or oh, no, no. It's going to be the larger pictures. Um, I um, I enjoyed the Fan Fest. I, I didn't do any of the other stuff. I did really was there for the social summit. We did a little shopping. I literally bought me a shirt that um, makes a polo shirt. Like I like to feel like I'm more important than I am, so I got two shirts now that make me feel more important than I am. My uh, blue SD shirt, and now she got me a brown shirt with the old Padres, San Diego small Padres, old school on there. So uh, I, I feel like I'm way more. You should more wear important. those to spring training, and somebody might think that you're a coach or something. And well, that's what, that, and that's what <laughs> I went for. So I wore the first. I wore the blue SD shirt back a couple of years back on the backfields, and I kept getting those long looks. Like I didn't know that like, players were like, I know that guy, and. You know, I do the far stare away or the, the stare down, like, hey, you know, just a nod. Uh-huh. Acting like I'm way more important than I am. <laughs> some, some a-hole in the backfield is trying to be more important. But it, it's going to be cool to have that stuff. 
We'll see where spring training takes us. My first fan fest, I enjoyed it. Um, I love getting there early. It was great. You know, it rained and it kind of sucked for everyone else. A lot of that stuff was in. It was very crowd. Very. It was very full. You know, Liddy was like, there's a lot of people here. I'm like, there yeah. There were a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I love seeing all the pictures on Instagram and Twitter of all the autograph sessions and all that stuff. And yeah. There's a lot of interaction, and that's cool. And you saw, if you saw on Instagram, where Luis Urias had given you know, a, a, a thing of food to a homeless guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he put it in English, uh, you know, making a difference. Uh, if it's Even if it's little as something as giving someone some food, making a difference was cool. Yeah. And, and that... It struck a chord with me. Just yeah. you know, a that he would, you know, that he would do that, and then second, he would post it on on Instagram and, mm-hmm. and do that. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll see how that goes in the future as he gets himself in the organization and starts taking part in some of the, uh, you know, some of the associations that the Potters have with Radio School, uh, Radio Children, Children's Hospital. Pardon me, I'm getting kind of out of my bound here. Um, and then there's stuff like that. It was kind of cool that he, he did that. And whoever didn't like it, they'll, you know, you bring what you got. That's right. All right, well, let's, uh, with, without any further ado. Further ado. Here are the segments from Sam Guini and then from the minor league panel. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Flip, flip, flip side. A lot of our um, talent, uh, you know, kind of in winter ball specifically, uh, one guy playing for the Estrellas down in uh, <laughs> down in the Dominican uh, had a pretty big uh, night two nights ago. So, um, any questions for Sam? sleepers i might be able to help you out and kind of share some of you guys that we're excited about i know you get a chance to talk to the prospects themselves you guys are going to learn how to pronounce nick's last name um, I know. <laughs> um and uh you know reggie's here as well i know reggie obviously threw the ball very well that night at that on deck game uh, he debuted a slider that we worked hard throughout the season and instructs on um but very um myself and our group we're very excited for 2019 and uh where our players are at and also the next next group of guys on deck so to speak that are gonna um hopefully there are a lot of household names for you guys but hopefully the rest of padres padres twitter prospect twitter will learn about them and uh over the next year or so how involved were you with setting up the 
Um, it was something, uh, we were probably less involved. Uh, I know we were very, very involved with setting up the El Paso facility five, six years ago when they were building that one. Um, I myself, I visited three times, I want to say, in the last six months or so. Um, and definitely I have some good photos of myself, like looking at plans and kind of wearing a hard hat and uh, talking about like how the clubhouse will be laid out and stuff. It's going to be like without, you know, I have total confidence it's going to be far and away the best facility in the Texas League. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful ballpark. We talk to those guys probably once a week, kind of keep tabs on kind of the, the progress of the ballpark. Um, but I, I'm very excited about the club we're going to send there. Um, it's going to be a fun year to kind of, I know you guys probably all have your sod poodles here already. <laughs> Any, uh, I, I think when I was here, in, at the end of September, I talked a lot about kind of what our off-season looks like for our guys and uh, maybe a quick little update, kind of what we have going on kind of as we get closer to spring training. Um, we have, obviously, I think we only have, I think Toddy is basically the last guy playing at this point. Uh, Franti is kind of wrapped up his season and is getting closer to uh, coming out here. Mejia has actually been out here. I'm not sure if he's participating in the activities today, but he's been working out here, kind of working on some receiving stuff and some defense as well as his body and swinging. Um, you know, and we have a group of a lot of our young players in Arizona. Uh, I think I talked about this when I, back in October, kind of we had a uh, November, December, and January program for a lot of our prospects in Arizona. Um, give them access to our facility, take care of a lot of the things that can be hard when you're a young 18, 19, 20-year-old prospect. Like, where do I work out? Um, how do I get the proper food to kind of fuel my body for my off-season workouts? What should my off-season look like? So um, we've kind of executed that. We've been very pleased with that. I think I talked about, um, I think there were some articles written last year about the experience Luis Patino had a year ago going through that program and how he felt that um, rather than going home to Barranquilla, Colombia, he was able to spend his off-season in Arizona with us, um, added a ton of good weight, and kind of take that step. I think if we saw him at Instructs 2017, he was probably, I think we knew he was a talented kid. He was probably 90, 94, did a huge off-season, and then started kind of stuff took a whole other leap forward. Um, so we have kind of challenged ourselves. We have a young group of guys, probably some pretty deep names for you guys. Carlos Guarate, Efrain Contreras, um, Omar Cruz, kind of the next group of guys. We want to see like if, if these guys attack their offseason the same way that Luis has, um, who's going to be able to take that, that leap that he took? Because uh, I, I think, again, you guys are very familiar with a lot of our players, but like as AJ's talked about, like waves and waves of talent. I think we think it starts like with these guys having really, really cool off seasons. It's like getting after it, adding positive weight, um, and then going out and having good seasons. That's a really good question. We've tried to kind of identify both some both a group of players that we feel, based on some of the things they've already done from like a performance standpoint, that might be a little undervalued. Things that we value um, internally, and then also you kind of pile on um, the off season they've had and some of the work ethic and some of the character traits. Um, without 
single out, singling out too many individual specific guys. I mean, guys, I think we're very pleased with Jack Swinski's kind of how he finished the season, what his off-seasons look like. We've had some people go out and spend some time with him. I think he's in a very good spot. Owen Miller obviously had a very good debut. Um, he's working out at a facility in Milwaukee along with Dodgers prospect Gavin Lux. They're kind of from the same part of Wisconsin. Uh, I think we have someone going in and seeing Owen. Um, you know, those are some of the guys you've heard about. Uh, if you want to, I'll, I'll give you one guy who I think has had a really good offseason and who, who's kind of an interesting player. Probably you don't hear about um, Augustine Ruiz. We signed him the same year. We signed Terzo Ornelas in that big July 2nd class. Um, honestly, when we signed uh, Augustine, he was probably kind of evaluated more at the time, like kind of like Marcano and Patino, almost that second tier. You obviously, you guys heard about Ornelas, Rosario, Almanzar, um, Gabe Arias, Justin Lopez, all those guys. Um, but Augustine is a guy who, uh, honestly, due to health, um, hasn't necessarily been on the field enough to really kind of catch up to some of those guys. But in the limited time he's been on the field, he's done some things that really impress us. And he's had a great offseason. And uh, our assistant, Ben Sasanovich, um, actually is our director of player development, Ben was down in Arizona yesterday and kind of had his eyes on some of these guys, and Augustine was one that kind of jumped out in a very positive way. Um, I, I think obviously, like, it was kind of well-known, kind of 85 pitches last year. He kind of started later. I think that's, um, if everything kind of continues, they'll probably be similar to what, like, Anderson Espinosa's schedule would look like this year. They're very similar timing. Um, obviously, Chris is not going to go out and throw 200 innings. It's going to be somewhere between what he did last year and like a very full workload. Um, but he's very, very competitive. He's had an unbelievable offseason. Um, so I would expect him to make some tough decisions for us, but we're going to be smart with how we use him because he's still not so far away from the, the surgery. Very good. Uh, obviously, not many guys are throwing off the mound right now um, because where they're kind of lining up to their throwing program. Looking for, we have a mini camp that will start about a week after big league camp, so 18th or so of February. And we joke internally that it's uh, it's not really a mini camp because it's 52 players, but we have a lot of, a lot of guys that we want to see, so we call it more like a max camp. Um, but Espy's good. Espy's had a good off season. Um, he's been at home. He's I think he's back in Arizona this week and kind of resuming his throwing program. So he is totally, I mean, obviously he's kind of still in that rehab group because he hasn't kind of transitioned into being a totally healthy pitcher, but um, I would expect him to, as I was saying, probably probably not break with the team, but uh, based on his buildup, hopefully uh, get him to a kind of a similar workload that Paddock had last year. But as of now, things are very positive. He's done a great job. Um, I think part of how you can evaluate ultimately who's going to have like long-term sustained success when they have the surgery is kind of what they do with their body. And Anderson's like got bigger, stronger, faster. He's always always been a very, very good athlete, but he's done a very good job to kind of, as Chris did, to take advantage of the time when he was hurt to improve himself. Sure. Um, I think it's a uh, it's a very good question. I think uh, obviously a lot of uh, that group that was in Fort Wayne, we sent a very very young group to Fort Wayne last year, and there were some guys who probably separated themselves a little um, in terms of their performance. But 
Um, when I got into this job, I was told it'd be very, very hard to get guys out of the Midwest League, get high school kids out of the Midwest League to the California League in one year. And it, it's actually, it has been. If you look at, like, Getty's had to spend multiple years there. Jack had to spend multiple years there. It's, it's pretty rare for a guy to go basically straight out of high school or the international signing period and, go, and be able to just conquer the Midwest League in one try. Um, but I, I, to your question, I think there are some guys that definitely check those boxes. You probably look at, and even some of these guys who missed a little time, uh, Jason Rosario had a really, really nice year, and he was probably limited with some wrist stuff that he played through throughout the end of the summer um, because he's a very competitive kid. I think he has probably put himself in line to be ready for that next level. Uh, Tirso, I think, definitely probably checks that box as well. The Sturdy Ruiz is probably one that jumps out. Um, Luis Camposano, again, probably limited based on um, kind of the concussion stuff he dealt with. Um, but you kind of look at some of those names, those guys who probably kind of in all aspects definitely prove that they're ready for that next step. And um, But we, and again, we've, we've spent a lot of time with these guys this offseason, so we kind of know Campis, Camposanos and Asturi. I think all those guys are actually in Arizona right now, all four of those guys I just named. Um, so we've been around them, so there aren't going to be any real surprises, but we've always made it kind of a core part of our program that spring training is going to be competitive. We don't... we don't necessarily want to sit in an office in November and write in the hard pen where everyone's going, but you also want to evaluate that whole body of work rather than 10 or 15 spring training games. Uh, two left. Two more questions for I just wonder about how the decision-making process, or rather, how does the team and the player decide about what they do in the winter, whether they go to the Dominican League or Australia or Venezuela or wherever, uh, who makes that decision primarily? It's a really good question. It's it's a the honest answer is it's a combination. Um, when a player has been injured, obviously we uh, probably control is a bad way to say it, but we have obviously a lot more control about where they spend their off season because um, if you're hurt, we need to make sure that you're getting proper physical therapy, etc. from um, from our group, and that's typically in Arizona. Um, but then honestly, it's a um, it's a conversation. Like we, I remember standing in front of a group of similar numbers in Arizona, but it was it was all of our instructional league prospects and basically saying like, all right guys, who we are going to open up this facility um, you know, for the next three months and you guys are all welcome to be here. And we have a lot of guys who will absolutely take that. Um, you look at guys, and if you are if you want to ask about a player, uh, again, maybe who has some underlying things that we think like bode very well for this season coming forward, like Johnny Hamza does some very, very well things. There's some interesting things about him. He was converting from a third baseman shortstop to a catcher um, when we drafted him. So maybe the performance, like in kind of the conventional way, hasn't necessarily been there. But um, he's killed his offseason. He spent basically, he's a, from Alaska, so he definitely felt he was better off uh, working with us in Arizona than he was being at home. Um, but honestly, it's a conversation. And there are guys um, who, it, it's not a it's not an evaluation on our piece. The most important thing is that these guys are having good, strong off-seasons. Um, of this group, you know, these, these four guys we're going to hear from, um, Nick has been in Arizona basically the last two years and has gone out and had really, really good seasons. But then there are other ways to have productive 2018 and 2019 seasons. Logan and Reggie have both chosen to kind of pursue their off seasons on their own. And that is absolutely fine with us because we know what kind of people they are, what kind of workers they are. And those two guys in particular, as well as Ty, they take pride in no one is going to out prepare them. So it's almost like, 
like from Reggie's perspective, I don't want to speak for him and Logan, they know that they're going to come in ready to compete. So it's a, it's a back and forth there, depending on our relationship with the player and kind of how we, uh, kind of where we think they're at, we might be a little stronger in our recommendations. Like this is something, you know, that we really think you need, um, but it has to be the player's decision. I would much rather they're at home on their terms, working out as hard as they can, than being forced to participate in something else. Australia in particular, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm happy. I, I can talk all day about this stuff because I keep going. Um, so that, that's a really good question. So. Usually it's formed by one relationship. So um, for a couple years, we were sending players to the Canberra Cavalry Club. And Michael Collins, who worked for us, he was our manager in Lake Elsinore, manager in Fort Wayne, manager in the AZL. He now works with the Houston Astros. Um, he is from this town, and he manages that Canberra team. So it was always an option. Um, those teams are typically filled out by like independent league guys and native Australians. But he was always, he always asked us, he was like, hey, do you, if you want to send guys. So a couple years ago, we started sending some players. We sent Gabe Arias, Buddy Reed, Lake Bacar a year and a half ago. This year, we sent Justin Lopez, um, Kelvin Melian. But then, and then it kind of builds. Like Marcus Green went to the Adelaide Club a couple of years ago. Michael Geddes was, um, this is the first year Michael has felt really, really good from a health perspective in the off season. His back hasn't been bugging him. He wanted to keep playing. So, um, you know, and he committed to, like, we were trying to find a team for him to play. I had a relationship with the guy in Adelaide. Um, and the one benefit is that someone has to go down and check on these guys, so I got to go down there. Right, so. <laughs> so I had, uh, I, was, I was there right before Christmas, so I got to see these guys. That was a long, long answer to an easy question. Speaking of young, talented players, kids have to get a visit from Bryce Harper's office. That's a major league ops question. Yeah, I could, I could talk about any of our young players. Already in the system. One real quick. Are you uh, allowing these players to develop with any performance mechanics like drive line or any of the programs there that focus on strength and velocity? It's a really good question. Uh, the only thing probably more active than Padres Twitter is hitting Twitter. Because if you look online, there's all these, all these like uh, kind of hitting consultants. And I think we have, uh, we definitely have some of our players who have, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it would make sense for us to say don't go to, you know, don't use any of these stuff. I think the main thing we have looked at, um, and I think we're no different than the other organizations, is um, start utilizing those methods internally. Um, I think we're like uncovering every stone as far as whether it's new, new measurables, performance tech, whether it's um, you know any of the you know diamond kinetics, blast motion, uh, Rapsodo, anything. So we're doing a lot of that stuff internally um, as our other organizations. But so it's definitely we have a lot of confidence in our staff, our coordinators, our coaches that if a player needs anything, that they can get it internally. But we also know that um, just like certain players are going to have their own off season where they work out with their own physical trainer in an in a athletic program, they also might go and get a different set of eyes on their swing, on their delivery, and that's totally fine for us. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys, let's hear it from Senior Director of Player Development. Logan Allen. In Triple A El Paso. He is the reigning Texas League Pitcher of the Year, and he's yeah. good, also good friends with John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Next up, let's welcome in Ty France. Woo! Ty France, third base man. Banker, Tony Gwynn, San Diego State University, has steadily risen through the Padres system since being drafted in the 34th round in 2015. At AA and AAA last season, he bashed 22 homers and drove in 96 runs. Let's hear it for Ty. Next up, let's welcome in Reggie Lawson. After a full season at Lake Elsinore, right-handed pitcher Reggie Lawson opened the 2018 Padres Don on Deck Classic of Petco Park by striking out the side. MLB pipeline Ray Lawson is the number 21 prospect in the organization. Also, a Social Summit veteran. He was um, at the Social Summit here at FanFest last year. Um, and now let's welcome in to round out the group, Nick Margavichis. Yeah! Um, he's wishes to hit his last season becoming a Midwest League All-Star and earning a promotion to Lake Elsinore, the seventh round pick in the 2017 draft. Fanned 146 batters while only walk walking 17. Let's hear it for our Padres on deck. All right, so actually, you know, um, we're going to kick it off by having you guys talk a little bit about your off season and then kind of, you know, what you're looking, we're heading to spring training in about a month or less than a month at this point, I think. So um, kind of talk through uh, your off season, how it's been, and then, um, you know, what you're looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, getting to Arizona. So start with Logan. You guys hear me? Yes. All right, well, thanks for being here. And uh, I am in uh, Tampa, Florida for my off season. Um, and I've been there since the uh, season ended and come out to San Diego uh, periodically about once a month to work out here. And then uh, I have two more weeks in uh, Tampa and then I'll head out to Arizona February 1st and uh, get ready to start and uh, will be my first major league camp. So I'm really excited. Hey everybody. Um, Ty France. What? No, that's fine. <laughs> Don't steal my moment, man. This is my moment. Um, I'm in LA. I've uh, been working out there the last four years. Um, this is the first year that I've been coming down to San Diego about two to three times a week to work out. Um, got these beautiful facilities here and taking advantage of it. Um, trying to get everything ready to go for spring training. Like Logan, it'll be my first big league camp, so really looking forward to that. And hopefully we get a run with it and compete. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm in Aliso Viejo for my all season at the you didn't say your name, dude. Oh, oh, sorry. Say your name. Reggie Lawson. Um, I'm in Aliso Viejo down in Soka University. Yeah, just every day I just go in there and do what I have to do. I just work out. I pretty much work out every day. I really don't take no off um, days off. I just take pride in my work. And it just shows off. Last year, I didn't miss one start. And just stay healthy. That's my main goal, is just staying healthy. And just looking forward to spring training. And throughout 2019, just stay healthy and just keep pushing. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Nick Margaviches. Uh, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I spend a good amount of time there. But uh, most of my offseason has been spent out at the uh, Peoria uh, training complex and working out at the uh, spring training facility. Uh, we got a lot of good trainers out there and there's a lot of good uh, players out there and uh, I found it's a really good environment to spend the off season. So um, it worked out well for me last year. So I took the opportunity uh, this off season again to uh, get ready for the spring training. Cool. Cool. Hey, so many pitches. <laughs> I knew that would be a question. 
to be honest, I just really don't move out of the way. <laughs> That's the only way. I, I don't know why they throw at me. Maybe I'm a little wider. I don't know. But yeah, they, even at, in college at San Diego State, I, I hold the hit by pitch record there. So I don't know why. Maybe I'm ugly. I don't know. But <laughs> they, they just like to throw at me for some reason, and I don't move. It's it's an easy way to get on base. That's, That's right. Yeah, and it helps your batting average, on base percentage, all the all the stuff you need. So why move? <laughs> Logan, what is the travel restrictions or requirement for a miniature pot belly pit? Uh, <laughs> well, unfortunately, I can't travel with Rocky. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's disappointing. I wish I could have brought him here. But, uh, yeah, it's also a little awkward trying to get on a plane with a, with a pig. I think I might put me on, like, a travel ban list or something. I don't know. <laughs> Logan, it's so awesome to see you. Good to see you, too. possible sounds nice. Oh, that was great for us. Um, but Ty, I just want to know, did you have more hits by pitch or did you have more strikeouts this season? What did it end up being? Sadly, it was strikeouts. Oh, yeah. I only had like 30 hit by pitches, so. Okay, it was like yeah. Yeah. yeah, for a while. I think the, the first month it was like I had more hit by pitches than strikeouts, but then. Well, every time you were I think there was one game that was like three or four hit by pitches. Yeah, I think we're playing Midland. Yeah. Thanks for taking one for yeah. I don't mind it. It's fun. It hurts a little, but it's fun. Hey Reggie, how's that uh, 95 mile per hour slider feeling? 95 mile an hour slider? I don't want to face you. Now, the slider's coming on really well. You know, it's, it's a pitch. <laughs> it's a pitch that I've been working on in instructs in this offseason, so it's really going to help me this year. So it's really coming on really good. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I met him. Uh, <laughs> I uh, met him about a little over a year ago last year, and um, one of his friends used to play with the Red Sox and uh, had, had recognized me. We were sitting at dinner, and he asked me and brought me over to his table, and we sat there and talked, and he, uh, he made a, a bet, like a friendly bet with me. He said, sign dollar bill that I would never make it to the big leagues. It was like, kind of like a motivation. And then uh, when I threw the no-hitter in uh, Tulsa this season, he, uh, he tweeted at me and then reached out to the Padres and asked if he could throw out the first pitch at my first uh, – Bigly home starter if you got the chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not here. I'm not here. That's it, right there. I can see him. I, I actually can see him. He gave me like a code so I can, I can look at it. For me, just staying healthy and, uh, you know, taking uh, each start one at a time and being able to make each start consecutively and uh, just getting better. Um, the results aren't always going to be there. Baseball's a game of failure. And uh, just being able to take uh, the good things out of every out of every outing and just building on them. Because you're going to have negative things in every outing, but uh, being able to take the good little bits of each one and then building it and becoming more consistent is uh, you know what leads to a successful season. Thank you. 
yeah, like Logan said, health is obviously very important, but um, something that always comes into play for me, I think, is uh, really taking a step back and, and looking at uh, each game you play. And for me, each game I pitch and uh, really looking at what went well and what went bad, not just from stats, but also from like how pitches are executed and, and how you actually perform because the stat line can be very deceptive. I think you guys probably know that. And uh, there can be games where you make some really bad pitches and you don't give up any runs. And then there's some games you execute pitches really well and you made one bad one, you give up a three-run home run and it doesn't look so good. Yeah, I think one thing for me personally, like you said, you know, the stat line is some a trap pretty much. Um, if you can go out day in, day out, you know, give it your all, stay healthy the whole year, I mean, that's really all you can ask for from yourself and the team can ask from you. Um, and, you know, you're, how you're helping the team, whether it's whether you're playing bad or not, if you're a good person in the clubhouse, that's one thing that, you know, I try and pride myself on is, you know, what can I do to help the team, not just on the field, off the field. And I, I think that's a big thing for any team. Yeah, like Logan said and Nick said, just staying healthy throughout the whole season, that's the main key for me. And being consistent. I know I haven't been consistent my first couple of years, but that's my main goal is to be more consistent. And then, like Ty said, it's just being a good teammate. Say, if I do have a bad outing, I, I wouldn't be the same guy if I went seven shutty. You just got to always be the same person and just keep going and just strive to be better for yourself and for your team. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot going on that week for me. Uh, not really being ready to, to go and kind of prepared for the end of the season in Lake Elsinore. So I think just just having to go there and get myself ready, uh, I kind of had to think about a lot of other things other than getting ready for that. And, uh, you know, I just stuck to my uh, daily routine and um, every day throughout that whole week. And then when it came time to pitch, I was ready to go. And uh, you know, I felt good going into the game that I had done everything I could to be ready, and uh, it was a good one for me. Awesome. Thanks, guys.